It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The College Football Experience Week 5 2023 Draft and Preview Edition episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays and SGPN are teaming up for Shady May. Get 50% off Shady Rays using the promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by our Kentucky Derby Contest. Yes, winner gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. So grab that thing today, which is free to download in the App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. cannot wait to talk about the, the news that's occurred in the past 10 days. We, we haven't really been. I was traveling. Um, but before we get to all that, maybe you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Danterbase Dan, a.k.a. Rum Dundee. <laughs> all right. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists and lives by his wits when dundee happened he was a superstar i smoke and i drink and um i don't have stress and i'm healthy i'm dying in this fucking country ass fucked up town <laughs> shit flying in my mouth the fuck i can't see pilot and let's get the fuck out of this country mother oh yes we are here to talk college football. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Subscribe, tell a friend. You're going to see your boy pick Dundee, run, a.k.a. Run Dumb D. Well, I think NC Nick's uh, screen might be a little frozen, but Rum Dundee looking like June Jones back in the Colt Brennan era. Rest in peace. My, with my tropical shirt on. Yeah, you were missing the lay, but I guess that's specifically a Hawaii thing. But uh, you're down in the tropics for sure. So You said you got parrots flying around and shit? Parrots got everything. NC Nick, are you still with us right now? I can hear you guys, but I can't see anything. Can you hear me? Uh, oh, we can we hear, hear you. you. But we don't see you, and that's the way most people prefer it. Look. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, 
got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. Let's go. And uh, NC Nick just uh, dropped off. <laughs> we'll give him his proper intro when he comes back. I'd like to take the time to shit on him and his internet connection because I'm in I'm in fucking you know South America right now, folks. <laughs> And uh, He's the, in the internet... Amazon rainforest over yeah, here. I'm in the middle of the rainforest, and uh, I'm getting better reception than this uh, North Carolina, uh, you know, NC State slash Duke fan. What kind of shit is that? He gave away his yeah, top the research 10 research triangle my ass. Yeah. <laughs> How about they research some fucking internet? All right. I've been saying that for decades. Uh, but here we are. Buddy, um, I know NC Nick will probably be back with us. In, uh, but how you been, buddy? We got a lot to talk about in the college football world. I mean, life is crazy. You're on the other side of the planet, and we're still talking college football. That's oh. what it's all about. That's what I'm saying, man. I was was on my flight. Uh, I was in Bogota for a day, and then I I, uh, I hopped down on on a, on the next flight, and I was on the flight. No one. Uh, no one was was speaking English, but I still uh, asked them what they thought of the Tulsa hire. <laughs> uh, you know, Kevin Wilson, former Indiana head coach. I said, "Well, what do you guys make of this? You guys think Golden Hurricane got a chance this year or not?" And uh, we had another Cerveza, and they said, "Yeah, they think the a Golden Hurricane are playing ball right now." Um, so you know, when are that. we gonna when are we gonna have the uh, the college experience uh, deportes? We you know, it. yeah, see, see. Uh, I'm working on that, (laughs) working on that, but we got a lot of news, man. And, uh, uh, I I was trying to derail this thing to see when NC Nick is going to, going to be back around. I'll tell you this. How about we just hop right into this? I want to tell you, I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by shady rays and shady may. Yes. Shady rays is teaming up with SGPN for shady may. Not only do you get uh, an amazing 50% off, but you also get a chance to win $500. Uh, Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much, much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Uh, And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. Yeah, that means if you happen to be in the Amazon rainforest like Pick Dundee over here, Rum Dundee, and, uh, you know, you got your glasses on, and out of nowhere, a fucking anaconda tries to bite you, right? Or something like that, right? One of these, one of these snakes that I don't know the names of that are, like, bright green, you know? <laughs> Uh, and it, and it gets your glasses, misses your eye, gets your glasses, rips your glasses down, takes it off, uh, cause it thinks the glasses is, uh, you know, a living, breathing creature, uh, and your glasses are gone. Guess what? Then I say, Hey, Shady Rays, uh, look, a venomous snake attacked me and, uh, thank God they took down your glasses. Oh, you, we didn't even need the story, sir. Here's your pair of Shady Rays that you had lost, um, or whether you want to say broken or lost in that case might be both. That is what they bring to the table, all right? If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, folks, they're going to send you a new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then, if you're real swift, you're going to take that street, that, that receipt that sweet receipt, as I was trying to say, over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady. 
for your chance to win $500 uh, in our Shady May contest. That's all you really have to do is show that good stuff. So do that. And uh, remember, as always, to let it ride. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You know what I'm thinking here? Yeah, what's that? Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone. Have you seen that one? I have. Michael Douglas. That's set in Columbia. Yeah. yeah. Are you you the stone? Are you Michael Douglas? Are are you the hard ass that needs to be like, you know, is she seducing you away from your manliness and like trying to tenderize you? Uh, Perhaps. I like to think of myself as the villain in uh, Commando who who throws uh, that pipe. Uh, You know, they're in this country called Valverde, which is, I don't believe, a real country. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that that was Columbia. And, uh, you know, I, I'm Bennett, who throws a steaming pipe. You know, well, I guess actually he had a, a pipe thrown through him by Schwarzenegger. But you hey, just want to hey. wear the, uh, the chainmail. You know, yeah. you, want, you want the chainmail vest. Yeah, I do and want the, the chainmail vest. I also want to be dead tired on an airplane. Shout out. We got and how, shout out to third man in the booth. He's back. Give it up for the DFS God himself. The rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, computer freeze taking, NC Nick in the place to be. There we go, guys. Uh, hey, apparently the uh, Cinco de Mayo margaritas are, are taking a toll on me because I'm having technical difficulties, but I think I'm good now. That's part of the fun. Part of the fun <laughs> when we do this show, especially uh, our South American edition. Um, let's hop into the, some of this news here. Um, before we get to our draft, folks, and if you haven't been with us before for our draft, we go through and basically pick the top 30 games for each and every week. We already have week zero to week four completed. Go listen to those episodes. We also graded every coach in the off season, talk about the transfer portal winners and losers. So go check out those episodes. But, uh, before we get to all that, want to talk a little bit about the portal. It's always given. It's always taken. Wow. Peyton Thorne, uh, one of uh, many Michigan State players to leave over the past week, including starting wideout TJ Finley and a few others. Um, Peyton Thorne, though, already committed to Auburn. So here the yeah, the mighty SEC coming in and uh, paying top dollar for a starting Big Ten quarterback. What do you guys make of this get? And uh, should we start talking about uh, Michigan State being terrible this year? Nick? The the timing is funny, and and you know my my wife went to Michigan State. Uh, I, I you know I, I follow some uh, people that are close to the program, and uh, they're scrambling right now. They don't know what's going on. 
because there was a, kind of a mass exodus. There was what four or five like either starters or like people that you know were supposed to the team was supposed to rely on pretty heavily. So the timing is strange, and when you lose your quarterback, especially at this point in the off season. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it's two years ago. seems like a long time ago when, when they won, well, they went 10 games or something somehow. I think it was 11. I think they won 11 because they got yeah, so, in the bowl game with, when he sat out. Yeah, exactly. So it's, dude, I don't know what's going on in East Lansing, but uh, I think you should be concerned if you're a fan of Sparty for sure. Well, and it might be a little early to buy him out of that contract because uh, they just re <laughs> Yeah. Might, you might be stuck because with old Mel. Thankfully. They opened up their wallets big time. And you know, if you listen to us for the last couple of years, we told you that, whoa, whoa, Michigan state was phony two years ago. They weren't a legit double digit win team. Look, I mean, you, 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 year and for them to go in on tuck, we were like, whoa, are you sure about that? And I hate to say it, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it, you know, look, maybe he's turning around a very good see a year ago. They go like five and seven, I think not even make a bowl game. So yeah. we'll see, but not looking too good. Patty C. Well, what do you well, make of, what's that? Let me say this. Uh, obviously, you know, even the slightest bit of nuance here, you know, paints a different picture than the one I'm about to present to you. But, um, we don't seem that scared about Dion's uh, class completely transferring out. He's lost like 60 guys and totally you're still eternally optimistic. About totally different. Totally I don't different. see how you can draw comparisons between the two. Look, we I'm touched on this a week ago. Okay. okay. We well, touched no, on this a week ago. There's probably going to, I mean, I don't know how much he's brought in, but continuity means something in college football. You can't just throw fucking 85 new dudes together no, no, at one no, time and expect yeah, you there to can be when you're one and 11. Well, yeah, you can improve on that. That's true. When you're one, um, and 11, but still it, do whatever you have to do. Like when you're five right, and true. seven, I would say, yeah, I would be a little more worried if you're five and seven. Cause you're like, Hey, maybe, maybe uh, we could be making a bowl. Maybe we could win some of those close games. We lost a year ago. Yeah. Right. We talked about this last week. Colorado was over the scholarship limit. Cause all the people they brought in, so yes, it made for great headlines. It great. It made for great clickbait that all these players were transferring out. Oh, what's going on? Is not it, maybe things in Colorado in, uh, in, uh, in Boulder aren't as great as we thought, but no, I, we knew this was going to happen because they were over the limit because of the amount of players they brought in. So, so some players had to transfer. So really it's no comparison to Michigan state where they lost their starting quarterback and several key players. Not well, because they were Payton over the scholarship. Really? How good is Peyton Thorne really? 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 62% I mean, completion. Percent. I mean, we are not talking about Tom Brady here. Well, well, you're okay. talking about the guy who he started when they had an 11 and two season and he's good enough. And he that, regressed. Yeah, he was, he was good enough that Auburn, I think this was strictly an NIL play. I think he got more money at Auburn. He's sense. solid. Look, I don't know about his pro career, even though, Michigan state seems to pump out solid backup NFL quarterbacks, <laughs> True. True. but, but he's a solid college quarterback where I, I would imagine he's better than anything else they have on the roster. Yeah, yeah no, I think it hurts. I think it does hurt. I think, uh, uh well, I mean, they also the lost, reason for concern. They also lost their starting wide out 
who I think was their top returning production-wise. Um, if not, he was second. I can't remember. But And a few other key players. I mean, they lo- it wasn't like they lost the 58th man on the roster. So just interesting to see. Now, What do you? What, let's look at it from the Auburn side of things. They needed a quarterback after spring ball, even though that spring game was in a fucking monsoon. Um, what does Peyton Thorne give them? Does it give them a puncher's chance in the SEC West, NC Nick? It gives them the opposite of what they have in the returning quarterback, uh, Robbie Ashford and, and Robbie Ashford, who is extremely athletic and very dangerous with his legs, but really struggle throwing the ball. So now they have two opposites. They got two quarterbacks, how they're going to mix that and blend that. I'm not sure, but I think it's a, a decent get for Auburn. They're still probably a year or two away to, to really contend. I mean, at, at least but uh, I think at this point it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting fit considering what they have because I guess it complements each other well. If anything, if I'm Peyton Thorne, it makes a lot of sense because Hugh Freeze has you know had successful quarterbacks drafted, um, so maybe Strip Club Freeze yeah. does him a solid. Uh, it might work out really well for all parties involved with uh, as far as Auburn and um, and Peyton Thorne are concerned because. Uh, your guys are right that Hugh Freeze is going to open up the passing attack way more than Thorne had experienced at. Uh, I mean, they're a running run based team still under Tucker at Michigan State, and so I feel like that's happened before with uh, Michigan State. They play that conservative style of ball, and then uh, you know whether it be a, a quarterback going pro and then starting to really show out, or transferring and starting to show out. I think we may see that, and I think Auburn has a similar complement to. Uh, Michigan State, and he can hand the ball off when he wants to because they have the the horses to to make that happen. But if they do open it up, I think he's probably got the skills. I think it'll be a nice look for them, and it probably does hurt Michigan State a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, TJ Finley, who was a guy who started a couple games for Auburn over the years, L- former LSU transfer, he hit the portal because Thorne's coming in. He's out of here. Uh, ben Bryant, another quarterback that started a lot of games for Cincinnati and Eastern Michigan. <laughs> How old is he? He's 47 years old. And he's fucking, he came out the same year as Steve Grogan. And uh, <laughs> he lands at Northwestern. Nick. Wait, he transferred again? Yes. He's been <laughs> at Cincinnati twice. So he went Cincinnati to Eastern Michigan, back to Cincinnati, <laughs> and now to Northwestern. And you're probably asking me because Northwestern has Duke on the schedule early on. And you know what? Let's just say I'm not shaking in my boots because Ben Bryant transferred to Northwestern, okay? Ben Bryant, baby, uh, could could hey, a couple years ago, Fitz took Northwestern to the uh, Big Ten championship. Seems that seems like lo- much longer than Mel Tucker t- took took Michigan State to ten wins. Only one year long. <laughs> both, but yeah, both seem like a long time ago for some reason. <laughs> uh, Patty C, is Northwestern in better shape now? Can they contend in the Big Ten West? Yeah, I thought Ben Bryant did a pretty good job last year. Uh, obviously, the Arkansas State, he overthrew 15 touchdowns that would have won Cincinnati that game probably. But other than that, I thought he had a pretty solid year. I think, it's I, a think good I was pick. taking the six points in that game too, and they screwed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joe Hackney is correct when he says Northwestern hasn't won in America in years. Correct. <laughs> All right, let's get some to some more of this news. Casey Thompson's hitting the portal and he is visiting Florida Atlantic this weekend. I think that'd be a huge get for FAU Thompson. I thought looked good at times last year and really the year before at Texas. What do you guys make of uh, Thompson leaving Nebraska? So it's 
It's Jeff Sims's gig. Uh, uh, yeah. So right now we're seeing players that are transferring now have basically been beaten out in spring ball. I think that's the only way you can see it, you know, but I agree. He's he's, we know he's a solid quarterback. He's flashed his potential at times at both Nebraska and at Texas for Florida Atlantic for a G five school to pick him up. That'd be a huge get. Yeah. And, and to me, Thompson never fit rules scheme to me. I, I was, I thought he should have transferred even back in January. Um, so what is rule scheme? The mobile quarterback that can run, whether it was the kid at Baylor. Uh, I know this, I think he had Brewer for one of the, no, I don't know, but he, he had, I know he had a mobile QB at Baylor. What was, who was his name? Oh gosh! Um, but they um, also had PJ no Walker at Temple. PJ Walker. Walker at Temple, yeah. 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 Um, I'm well, Thompson right. had some mobility. I mean, he wasn't a straight burner, but I do think Sims obviously fits that uh, description a little more closely. Well, Thompson could drop back and throw the ball, fire that laser. He's he is the guy that uh, you know did light up Northwestern in Ireland despite them losing. Um. I don't know. I mean, I will see if he goes to FAU. Other news, uh, Zachary Franklin hit the portal, UTSA star wideout. You got to think. Uh, I, I would imagine that uh, this was a NIL-based play. Maybe USC, maybe, I don't know, maybe Texas, maybe Auburn going to give them a bunch of money to bring in Zachary Franklin, who's clearly the best wideout on the Roadrunners. Nick, what? how big is that loss, you think, for UTSA? A little disappointing because I mean maybe UTSA blew their load with Captain Harris. Maybe they gave all the all their NIL money to the quarterback. They didn't save any money for the receiver because the guy's a baller. So it would have been fun to see him come back with the quarterback to see what UTSA could do this year. So as, as just as your your average college football fan or above average college football fan, it's a little disappointing. But hey, I mean the, you know the kid's got to do what he's got to do. So more yeah, probably shit. I'm looking at his numbers now. I mean. I'd be lying if I told you Zachary Franklin was even really on my radar, which it, maybe he should have been because the last two years, I mean, shit, four years. How does he still have eligibility? 38 <laughs> catches, 49 catches, 81 catches, and 93 catches in four years. It's called your COVID year. That's what it's called. Oh, right. Yeah. Shit. God, he's going to set like a NCAA record for catches. That's a big loss for UTSA. We'll see if they can replace him. Um, also, Iowa. Iowa lands former five-star Ohio State wideout Caleb Brown. Woo! <laughs> you sure about that, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this offense with Eric? All they got Eric All the star tight end from Michigan. They got Cade McNamara. Am I am I starting to talk myself into Iowa having a top seventy-five offense? Will he be the next <laughs> Tim Dwight? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, it's been. T- Quinn early and Tim Dwight were a long fucking time ago. Um, but Hey, the, the, the two NFL receivers, Iowa has ever produced. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Caleb Brown. Uh, I was going to be interested to watch with this production or I, I should say not production, but uh, this talent on offense. Uh, also Cal. How about the California golden bears landed Marquez Dorch, a wide receiver from Mississippi state. And then they landed all sec freshmen offensive linemen. Matthew Wyckoff from Texas A&M, the Golden Bears, making making a statement. Also, uh, Kobe Johnson, North Dakota State's uh, leading rusher a year ago because Hunter Lepke was injured, transferred to Colorado State. And that's pretty much all of the transfer news uh, that we have at this very moment. But I will talk about a couple other things before we start going live here. 
Uh, Alabama's college baseball scandal. Hilarious. Have you guys, uh, have you guys uh, followed this at all? Seeing headlines. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, honestly, same, same, same thing here, Patty. I saw the headline, but I was wondering if uh, the baseball team was going to take it more on the chin, more so than the basketball team. <laughs> Is that well, what yeah, you're getting at Colby? Well, no, I just find this hilarious that over the, the past uh, 12 months we've had Jermaine Burton, the Alabama whiteout, uh, punch a Tennessee co-ed on the field. We've had uh, Tony Mitchell, a tennis or an Alabama football player, arrested for for guns and and weed. With I'm not going to mention the weed guns. Um, and then we had Darius Miles arrested for capital murder. And then uh, you know, obviously, uh, you had the other teammates that were somewhat involved. I guess we'll find out more as that story continues to go to to to, to happen. But also uh, their transfer that they brought in this year, Jaquan uh, Walton in basketball, arrested for guns, uh, an illegal gun, multiple guns. Uh, their baseball coach, uh, Brad Bohannon, uh, fired for point shaving investigation, which uh, word was he's on the phone with the guy placing the bet. No, it's at- FaceTime, right? He's on oh, yeah. FaceTime. Yeah, on FaceTime. But, but then he relieves the starting pitcher, and they lose – so the starting pitcher's a late scratch. They go with some guy who was terrible. They lose to LSU eight to six. And to add on top of that, Deputy Athletic Director Travis Sell from Alabama did get arrested for domestic violence about a week ago. Uh, so I'm going to go back to Jimbo Fisher's comments. I know we don't have a true smoking gun with the football program, but let's just talk about the Alabama Athletics Department. Uh, how, how do you? How, how do you? Th- I mean, you gotta crime pays, guys. So. Uh, Guys, this is this is the SEC. Is this news? Yeah, this is like next page. <laughs> this hasn't uh, been happening for fifty years in the SEC. I mean, I don't know about the fixing the game scandal, but yeah, everything else, yeah. Who's betting on college baseball? <laughs> well, that that's that's how he got caught. If he had done this with college football, right? See, with college baseball, there's probably like probably about a good six hundred people betting in this country. On yeah, so baseball. if there's a large wager place, you're like, hold on, yeah. you know, what, what does this person know? Huge red flag, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but he's fired, and this is pretty hilarious. I just find this shit hilarious. So, uh, Patty C, uh, you want to talk about Alabama athletics at all? I mean, I feel like Nick Saban had us all convinced for a while there that they're, you know, above the law, running a clean program somehow, even though we all knew better that they weren't just going to get caught. And now it's all finally starting to rain down. We're, we're seeing uh, Alabama and its true colors, that crimson red, blood money, whatever you want to call it. And to be fair, Saban's football program hasn't been too bad. Well, they did have a gun charge and, and ah, a gun, gun charge. You got like 80 guys on the, on your, you know, come on. But you know, why, mean, you know why it is, right? It's like Kirby smart in Georgia. The, the the town knows not to say anything. I'm sure that's a large part of it. I mean, that whole thing with the, uh, the cars, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Le- leaving all- the, I mean, the, all the Georgia administration was at the strip club. It's hilarious. Uh, anyway, let's just hop on over to, uh, the big 12. Brett Yormark making statements about, uh, uh, they're going to be playing basketball and football games in Mexico city. Interesting. Trying to get the Mexican fan base involved. Um, I This one kind of makes sense to me as much as I don't like seeing neutral site games. 
if you're losing Oklahoma, it's outdoors Texas, at least in, yeah, in, yeah. in, in, in football, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're losing Oklahoma and Texas, you're trying to reach into a big population and that's kind of an untapped resource. And I think the, the gate, the, the conference is going to be pretty competitive, which I think will lean, uh, will lead to, uh, more exciting games. And maybe the Mexican fan base will like it. And, and who knows? I mean, I don't know, but I, he also said he's going to try to do, this is the part that I hate in-game interviews, uh, halftime, uh, coverage, you know, from the locker room, like the XFL and USFL do. I hate that. So, so Colby, this is a good thing. Cause last week you were singing the praises of these, these, these conference, uh, you know, presidents or whatever you want to call them that are, that are outside of college sports. True. So yes, they'll bring some good things. They might bring some bad things too. They might bring ideas that are way out of the box that traditionalists like yourself are not going to like. So some of the new ideas they bring to the table, you might say, Hey, that's a good idea, but they're also going to bring a lot of stuff to the table that you're not going to like also. So just get used to it. I mean, what do you think of games in Mexico city? Patty C I'm not a fan, but Patty C what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't seem uh, pro games. Sure. Go play them everywhere. It's a, it's, it's professional ball, you know, but college is supposed to be played on campus to even go to a neutral site game is selling out, but you're going to another freaking country. How far away is Mexico city? That's not like right on the border. Well, That's it's, like, it's still not that far of a flight. So it's going to be an in-conference game, which is going to rob one of the teams of a home game to, and why, why to, uh, to increase their television ratings. I don't like it. Uh, are they really going to get a strong, what is Baylor going to like uh, get a Mexican, like, I don't think they're thinking that there's a connection with Baylor fans living in Mexico city. I think the number of people that might start watching just cause I think Mexico city is one of the biggest cities on the planet would be uh would was, is what they're going for. They're just like, okay, uh, we can get into televisions down here and maybe recruit some more to our product. I don't even think it's recruit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, recruit to your product. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's just the, trying the to NFL grow- did this a while ago too, but I don't recall any recent NFL games in Mexico city. Are they no, still doing no, that? No, Do they stop was. that? There was, there was. Okay. Yeah. Well, they did the one and the field was like, uh, or did they even play that game? I know the field conditions were like completely unusable. Oh, I, I'm all on board for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the worst field conditions, the better. Yes, Perfect. I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I hate the interview part. I don't even, I mean the Mexico city, I, I get it. I hate it too. Cause it's a neutral site, but I also understand the creativity that he's using to perhaps outdraw some of those rival schools that perhaps left or that they'll be competing against. I don't know. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. That's a stretch. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, All right. Next go, we go to our Twitter question, but from Scott Cran, it goes, what do you guys think of the new college playoff system? I love the show. And folks, this was announced over the past 10 days uh, that the 12 team schedule is here for college football and for, uh, you know, for 2024, um, and, uh, we got the way that I see it. We have a Thursday, January 9th college football semifinal, a Friday, January 10th college football semifinal. Uh, and then you're going to load up what two of those games on Saturday competing against the NFL, I believe. Right. If is it really, I believe, but then it, I think the next round when the NFL goes to their playoffs, Actually, I think I'm fucking, I'm fucking this up. Hold on. So the playoffs aren't starting until January 9th. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I think I'm fucking this up actually. Um, 
I don't know what the fuck I did with my my sheet. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's starting before that. But I okay. I do believe yeah, it starts on Friday, December twentieth. The game's on campus, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. One game on Friday, three games on Saturday. Hopefully, Dude. at that point, the NFL yeah. isn't. I can't Saturday. wait for a December twentieth home game at 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 a cold environment like at Utah or at Iowa. Yeah, or at Penn State or in Michigan or Ohio State, man, I, that, that's that's great. That's awesome. Well, and to me, like the thing that that really uh, to me could, uh, they dropped the ball with only doing one round of home games, but it is improvement. Yeah. It is improvement. I still think they're going to go to two. Me and Patty C have talked about this when they see the economic impact that these college towns get. Uh, you're gonna, the top four teams are going to have the bye week and wonder, whoa, 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 let's go to 16 because we want all that money in our, uh, you know, uh, it, it, within our town and with our university. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, they, they baby steps, to- dude. They're not. It's not going to be a perfect system, but it's going to be better than four. So take it and don't be too critical, and let's move on. I don't want to move on. I want to talk about it. I want to say it's clearly, you know, and and if you think for one second that there aren't longer term implications on this, when it probably will expand, will they just push the first round uh, back to the second Saturday of uh, December and then have three or four rounds of bowl games? I sure as hell hope not, you know. It's yeah. bad enough that we have to sit through. We have one round of home games and three bowl, three rounds of bowls. All Absolutely those bowls ridiculous. Fucking suck. They deserve death. I don't want any of those fucking bowl games. And I think uh, you know they hurt the sport more than they help the sport. Um, I, I, Let me I, tell I, you this too. What's that? Uh, as far as the second uh, Saturday in December being reserved for Army Navy, that didn't start until two thousand nine. Okay. And most of the time that game has been played over its, the course of its history on Thanksgiving weekend, just like every other rivalry game. So the second Saturday should have been used. Instead, they're pushing the halfway into January. I think they fucked up the timing of it. I think they need to adjust it, but whatever. Yeah, no, and I'm with you. And Army Navy, in my opinion, should be on Thanksgiving. I know you could say, well, give them the whole day to themselves. Well, look. Army Navy, you might say, well, it's two triple option teams. Well, Army's out of the gun now, all right? And maybe their completion percentage will be about 30%, but it'll still be better than watching a Lions game, all right? Um, That's right. So let's do it. Make America good again, and let's get the uh, <laughs> let's get let's get Army Navy back on Thanksgiving, all right? Not great. Not great. Great would be a... Uh, no trademark infringement. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not going for that, all right? I'm down here in South America, you know, enjoying my rum. Uh <laughs> what I what I got a couple other Twitter questions I got to get to before we 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 draft. All right, um, because I did pose a question and shout out to Weehawk who keeps tagging us in these beautiful cocktails down in Western Carolina, North Carolina, Western North Carolina. I don't know if he's at Western Carolina University or what, but uh, pretty damn close. Yeah, he's killing it. And uh, Weehawk also says, uh, in honor of Cinco de Mayo, how many tequila shots will be consumed during the show? I think this is a question uh, to, that he meant to say to Patty C. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? And uh, but maybe we'll just uh, we'll just assume that. <laughs> but NC Nick's coming from a Cinco de Mayo uh, party, so perhaps uh, no, no shots. But I, I did have a couple of margaritas. Okay. Uh, 
Patty well, I'll, go, I'll gun one on air because I don't have the uh, the tequila shots ready, but I got some Pacifico. Yeah. You know, I had to go Mexican, of course, and I, I'll shotgun one for the people. There we go. And uh, we got Joe Hackney asking a question. It says, which team will uh, be furthest away at the end of the year uh, to their season projections? Which, by the way, some over-under win totals dropped in the past 48 hours. Go check those out. Uh, Interesting. But he, uh, Joe Hackney's question is, the over-under projections on Texas A&M, Texas, USC, or UCLA. Um, I don't know that I have seen the Pac-12s yet. Uh, so I know, Joe, you're in the chat. What is USC's and UCLA's? I know Oklahoma and Texas are at nine and a half, and I don't know that I saw A&M yet either. All I know is that, so let's talk Texas for one second while, while Joe can hopefully pull it up. Uh, so much like last year, Texas plays Alabama. Now this at year, Alabama, it's at, though, yeah. this year, it's, this year it's at Alabama. So I'm not saying it's a definite loss because Alabama's got a new quarterback. Who knows? I mean, Texas should have been last year, but if you count that as a loss, that means Texas can only lose one more to hit and over. So I'm all about the under on the Longhorns. How many years in a row has the under on Texas hit for us? Yeah. And let's not forget that Dylan Gabriel missed the Red River shootout and they put it on Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma has this one circled. Um, so I don't know. I just feel, yeah, you're right. And the big 12 is too deep. It's too deep. Every, every week's a good team. So I, there's no way to me that you can talk me into the over on Texas and we haven't even got the team previews yet. A and M is at seven and a half. I like the, I like that over. I, I think, you know, road rash face is going to make that <laughs> offense move some, uh, USC is at nine and a half UCLA, eight and a half Texas, nine and a half as he alluded to. Uh, which team? are you that confident on a and M getting to eight wins? That would be three more than last year. If my memory serves me correctly, they went five last year. Yeah. But I just think Bobby, they couldn't move the ball on offense. I think Bobby Petrino will now there's a chance that is you know, your love for road rash face clouding your judgment here. Potentially. Uh, no, I think he's a very good <laughs> offensive coordinator. Okay. Now he still might punch. Jimbo Fisher in the face at some point or try to fuck his wife or something. I don't He's know. He's not going to punch it. Okay. Dude, Road rash face is not that kind He's of a Nancy boy. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, maybe Jimbo Fisher has a cocktail party after a nice win and Mrs. Fisher, you know, things happen. All right. <laughs> that I can see. Cause he is a sleaze ball. Oh, in a second. Yeah. <laughs> go go back to when Road Rash Face was head coach of the Falcons. The player said he wouldn't even like look them in the eye. He's not gonna walk up and, and punch his ass. Yeah, for sucker Sle punch. He could sucker punch. <laughs> <laughs> look, Kevin Gilbride action. He could sucker punch. Um look, uh well look, hold on. So the question is is which team will be furthest away at the end of the season? Uh from their projections. Uh, Texas A and M, Texas, USC, or UCLA. I mean, I think it's gotta oh. be Texas. Well, I mean, so. the USC should should top nine and a half if they're any bit the team they were last year. That was year one under Lincoln Riley, and they were damn near in the playoff. They probably should have yeah, been. Yeah, but I would also bring it back the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Their schedule's harder this year. They avoided Washington last year. They avoided some of those other schools, uh, and also Notre Dame should be better year two, who they draw out of conference. I I agree that I I kind of lean over there, but. I don't know. I think Oregon State's going to be a lot better. I think Washington. I think Texas, they're nine and three. 
I think the answer is Texas. So, because Texas, if they go eight and four, they are one and a half games off their 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 opening line. I think USC at least wins nine. Yeah, and I think Patty C's forgetting as you're seeing Gary K talk about the Pac-12 is loaded, and same with Joe Hackney. Uh, That's what I I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a lot harder than it was a year ago. I think so. They say. So they say. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm seeing Washington in the preseason number five spot. Give me a fucking break. Well, okay. look, yeah. I mean, to Patty's point, the, the SEC West isn't dropping off the face of the earth either. And Colby, you just said the Big 12's tough also. So they're all tough. Okay. No, but I'm on the over in USC. Um, yeah. I, I'm not saying UCLA USC. could hit uh, pretty far under eight and a half. They, they could drop back to six and six. Charbonnet gone. And uh, who is a quarterback? DTR. DTR. Yeah. So yeah. that would tie Texas if they won eight and four. They they both be one and a half below their expected total. If if you're counting this as the expected total, I think the answer is Texas because I think yeah, I think so. Remember, yeah. Michigan dropped UCLA in that non-con. UCLA should go three and zero non-con. So uh, there's. Are that. we convinced uh, yours is gonna like just take a big step forward? What if he's no no. no? I mean, he'll take a step forward, but I didn't see enough consistency where I'm sold on him being like a top five quarterback in in America. Yeah, exactly. I think he'll be better. And I I, I think the, and Bijan and Roshan are both gone too. Yeah. So big. Yeah. All right. Look, uh, before we get to our draft, because that's that's it on the questions. All right. I, maybe we got another one, but I'm not going to answer. No, it, it's right? fucking 40 minutes in. We yeah. haven't drafted a team yet. Come on. I know it's Friday night, but geez. Friday night. These guys having cocktails. want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Best ball mania is here. And the underdog fantasy crew is giving away $15 million in prizes. Woo. Plus there's plenty of ways to win on uh, their player prop parlays within the NBA, NHL, and MLB head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code. SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by the Kentucky Derby. Yes, it is Derby Week, folks. And the Notorious OTB podcast, which you should be subscribed to, uh, and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are, are bringing you all the great stuff for your Triple Crown bets. All right? Uh, if you leave a review for the show, Notorious OTB, Wherever you get your podcast, between now and the Belmont Stakes, which is on Saturday, June 10th, you'll be entered in to win a drawing of a canvas print uh, of one of the the Wolf of Oakland's Fallen Bob paintings. That's a one of a kind. I mean, look, there's Michelangelo and there's Fallen Bob. What are you going to choose? Fallen Bob is available. It's post time, folks. We also uh, are going to throw in a bonus... uh, Bonus contest exclusively on the SGPN app where the winner will get a $100 SGPN gift card. So get on over there and remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. All right. I was a big, I was a big side, uh, Sideshow Bob fan. Yeah, Sideshow Bob, not not Fallen Bob. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him, yeah, him too. Bo- yeah. Uh, both him of them. Too. SpongeBob, you Sponge, name it. That's a Pat, Patty C's boy, right? <laughs> right. All right, Thanks guys. Right. We got... We got the draft here, all right? And it's my turn to pick, and I'm excited. First off, can we talk about this slate and the weekday games, NC Nick? What, you're a weekday guy, all right? I am a – call me weekday Nick. Finally. <laughs> now, it's only Thursday and Friday. 
but we do have six games on co- combined. So finally we get some volume and some quality, especially the quality comes Friday. Oh my Friday God. is Friday is <laughs> under the radar fire. Friday might be better than Saturday. I mean, <laughs> what are they doing? Put a couple of these on Wednesday, <laughs> right? Uh, please. I mean, okay. So look, Thursday night, Jacksonville states at Sam Houston state, little Cusa action. CUSA. Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky, which is the hundred miles of hate rivalry, which I like. And then a random fucking AAC game. That's random within its own fucking conference temple at Tulsa. Uh, then on Friday you get just, I don't like this because there's two. I mean, I guess I have God's eyes. I should be happy. Utah at Oregon state, Cincinnati at BYU, Louisville at NC state and La Tech at UTEP. I mean, whew. Three of those games are absolute heat. I actually, you know, I kind of feel like I made a case on this very podcast, a solo episode where I said college football should get creative with their scheduling and have two, like to me, you should have like four, four, I think I said four to five games every single night of the week, except Sunday, right? And they're, 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 it's like they listened to that episode, but the problem is, is that you don't put all of your strength. If you would just move one of these to Thursday or Wednesday, then we can catch eyes on the whole game. Now, I have God's eye. I'll be able to watch the whole game on all of them, but your average American doesn't have God's eye. Rub it in, buddy. Patty C., what do you make of this madness we got going on during the week? Well, I agree with you. I mean, what, Utah has won... 10 games several times. Oregon State's a, a, a rising power they potentially. Won, no, Oregon State won 10 last year or 11. I think yeah. 11, yeah. Cincinnati went to the playoff. BYU won 10 or 11 games for several years. And NC State's been on the doorstep, it seems like, forever. Uh, and Louisville's a decent challenger there. So that is three really good games on Friday night that you're right. Should be spread out a little bit. But either way, some entertaining weeknight uh, spots there. Nick, like chances you, are I'm going to be at Louisville at NC state Friday night, but pardon me. Doesn't want to, cause I'll miss the other games. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't win here, uh, but I'm not complaining. Finally. I mean, that, that Friday is loaded for sure. And ESPN sucks because ESPN, their website did not have the Jacksonville state Sam Houston game on Thursday yet. So anybody looking at schedules, go to FBS schedules.com. Fuck ESPN. They're not updated. Yeah. They don't care about Jacksonville state, Sam Houston state, go to FBS schedules. They so I was wrong. I said six games. There's actually seven games combined. They actually, ESPN still thinks that's an FCS game. Yeah. Uh, folks squares. Well, well, look, it's my pick. Number one, then Nick, number two, Patty, number three, let's get into it. I know what you want me to do. I know what you want me to do. You want me to play one of these high profile games. It's wide open, man. Wide open. I'm keeping you on the weekday. Because when I see Utah, who's won the Pac-12 twice in a row, heading into Corvallis on a weeknight, remember USC's 07 team? I believe that was a Thursday night in Corvallis, if memory serves me correct. That was. That ruined their national championship. They were the best team in college football, and Oregon State basically dethroned the dynasty of USC on a Thursday night. Nice beaver. I'm all over Utah at Oregon State. No one's got this as the first game. I don't give a fuck what they say. It's on a weeknight. And 
this place is going to be lit. Oh, you better believe it. Last time or, or Utah played in Corvallis, they got their ass whooped. Um, this, I'm telling you, Oregon State's winning this thing. It's a weeknight game. Nick, what do you make of the first play of the draft? I think it's a great game, and I think the the back-to-back defending Pac-12 champions should be extremely concerned because Corvallis is going to be crazy, and this is going to be a hell of a matchup. I think this week, I don't think there's any. I, I think it's wide open. I think you could have you could have chose like any of of like ten games here, and, and, I, and I couldn't argue with it. I think this this week has depth, but it doesn't have surefire prime time t- you know, games, teams going head to head. So I, I like to play. Oh, it's happening. Patty C. What do you make of the beeves hosting the Utes as the top pick in the draft? Well, I love to see the PAC 12 get a little love. Not that I'm like a PAC 12 lover, even though I'm out in LA, uh, you know, I still have East coast love more than anything. You but, said the uh, word love four times in the past two sentences. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a show about love. I love college football, Nick. Sorry. Uh, I, I don't tone down my affection for college football like you do, but look, uh, look I we're all the- guys here. You're, you're dropping the L word a couple too many times. Okay. <laughs> That's true. But, but tighten it up. I will. Uh, no, it's a great game. Um, and I think Corvallis is a dangerous place. Again, we can circle games on Utah's schedule that are potential pitfalls. And this one certainly qualifies. All right. Well, NC Nick. Dude, again, it's kind of hard to pick one here, but I'm going to go to the Big Ten. I think Michigan at Nebraska is an intriguing matchup. I mean, you got two gigantic fan bases. Yes, Nebraska has sucked recently, but I still, I, I, I think it's a tricky spot for Michigan. We'll see what Matt Rule does with the Cornhuskers. It may be lopsided. I don't know. You guys might argue with this play. And if you do, I kind of agree with it, but you, I got to play something here. And I do want to watch Michigan at, at Nebraska this, uh, this week here. I, I'm okay. So with essentially, this, yeah, go this is, this is the exact opposite of what Colby just said. This, this is the big brand name play. Yeah, true. I mean, look, I, I feel like Michigan should have lost the last time they played in Lincoln. They got very fortunate to come out of there, and that was the first year they made the CFP. Uh, they might get caught up here. All right, Matt Rule. I don't know where he will have the Cornhuskers here, but that place will be That's the question. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Patty C., what do you make of this one? I mean, even though uh, Nebraska had a tough year last year, so many of their losses were close. Northwestern three point. I mean, we've gone over this a million times. Everyone knows that that's what Nor- uh, Nebraska does is lose close. Um, last year was no exception. Uh, they're probably closer than a lot of us are thinking. Of. Yeah, it's not ready to go. Then it could be a problem. This is one of the games that the big 10 was salivating over when they brought in Nebraska. Now it hasn't turned out as glorious as they expected because Nebraska has been struggling, but that doesn't still mean it's still Michigan, Nebraska, you know? Yeah. Get two, two blue blood names, college football histories on your side and it should be a dandy here. Uh, All right. Patty C. Well, I think there's some, some solid sec play going on here. Um, Three really good games that I'm seeing, maybe even four. 
But the one that draws my attention most is LSU traveling to Oxford, Mississippi to play the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, and I think, look, if we're the LSU 10 and four last year, Ole Miss eight and five. Uh, but um, Ole Miss, and uh, no, correct me because I'm not finding on our sheet here. That game is in Oxford, correct? Yeah, it's, it's yes. in Oxford. Yes. And okay, uh, cool. they've been playing it since 1894. They call it the Magnolia Bowl, baby. Yeah, uh, lost track of that. But, yes, uh, huge Southern, you know, great, great game here. And um, could Ole Miss be a thorn in LSU side? Now, I, I was thinking that maybe LSU was a team that uh, had some championship potential, but I think their schedule is just too hard when I look at it. And this is one of those games where it's like, dude, there's too many of these potential L's on the schedule. Lane Kiffin, Brian Kelly, personalities. It's going to be fun. Sign me up. Are you at all worried that Ole Miss has only won three of these since 2010? Sure. I mean, LSU has had their number, and they probably have had it for a long time. What's the all-time series here? 63 to 39, according to Sports Reference. No, um, no, no, I got it at 65 to 41. 65. Yeah, I think uh, Sports <laughs> Reference only Huge difference. so far. Uh, right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, losers of six of the last seven, uh, the one win was the last time they played a home game though. So maybe, uh, maybe Vaught Hemingway is, uh, is rocking, is, is, is rocking for him. Yes. All right. I like it. I, I I'm interested by this play because I did have another sec game ahead of it, but you know, it's a, it's a good game. I don't really think Ole Miss is very good. So I thought last year they were a phony football team um uh, lsu i believe is good and i think they're actually i i'll argue that i think they are contenders for the national championship this year um, which what's which is might be why a tough road trip makes this game very compelling because true, true i actually agree with patty this was my number one ranked sec game it was close but it was number one ranked yeah lsu's a better team but dude at Ole miss is never easy so i think this is a very good game and it's well played by our guy, Patty C. Well, thank you. One question. What's that? Um, Blaine Kippen's offense, you know, they didn't replicate the 2020 Sugar Bowl season or 21 Sugar Bowl season. Um, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name who went Jeff to Oklahoma. Levy. Jeff Levy. Levy. Do you think that the offense is uh, going to regress on a more permanent basis because of his departure? Or do you think Ole Miss will spring back into form you know, maybe uh, the quarterback play on one. Who, who's running the quarterback down at Ole Miss we, right now? We don't know, but we think it's going to be Jackson Dart. They have a three-man contest going right now. I so. still see that as crazy that he beats out Spencer Sanders. Yeah, but he does have a leg up. He's played a year longer in that system. Uh, I just don't think they're very good. Like, I think they're a phony team a year ago. I thought they padded their schedule. I think they're, to me, like... Do you think they were good two years ago with Levy as the OC? Yeah, but kind of gimmicky. Kind of, they yeah, were better they, that year yeah, with Matt they Corral. Were better, they but, were better. Yeah. But they, they were, were still a gimmick team. Basically Michigan yeah. State last year. Of the, the Michigan State of two years ago last year. So you guys think they've peaked, in other words, under Kiffin uh, and maybe a, a pretty mediocre eight and five-ish team. That's what we should expect from them. I well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because there's so many question marks at quarterback in the SEC. Like I, said, yeah. I mentioned a couple weeks ago on this podcast, we were talking and I said, you know, Alabama – almost lost like five games last year. And now you lose the number one pick in the draft and Will Anderson on defense. And we're supposed to just trust that they're going to go 
10 and 2. You don't always reload, you know. Our guy Gary K our guy Gary K in the chat says, What what about Wagner at Rutgers in the first round? A little Northeast football, Patty C. Come on. Yeah, but uh no, but I mean, look, not only them, I I've mentioned this to me. There's I, I think I saw someone talking about this uh on Twitter today. Is is the SEC the worst quarterback conference in the power five? Wow. I think wow. it might be. Uh, at least the most they just unknown. produced two top four draft picks, so it's hard to argue that. But. Yeah, uh, at least the most unknowns, I should say. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you <laughs> that Dundee's going to play one for his boy, and the one that I had, <laughs> the one that I had ranked higher in the SEC. And shout out to GBO Farms, friend of the program, because last year this ruined Tennessee's season. It ruined it. And now Tennessee's got to replace, you know, uh, they got to replace what's my guy's name from uh, Hendon Hooker. Hooker. Uh, And they get the host, Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina Gamecocks. This was my number one SEC game of the week. Really? Yeah. Really? Huh. Interesting. Last year it was a a lot of drama. Didn't they argue they ran up the score on them? Shit like that. Like, I feel like these these teams might hate each other now. I got to disagree, guys. I think the game Patty played is much better than this one. You could argue that there's at least one, if not two more other SEC games that is better than this one. I think South Carolina talk about maybe a phony team. Look, I know they went on a run late, but they won some of those games at home. On the road is a different story. Who they beat on the road last year? Uh, so no, I, I don't know. I think you're overplaying this one. Well, buddy. well you, you, l- let me tell you something about Ole Miss. If they're not playing Mississippi state, I find them to be a boring team in college football. <laughs> um, if, if, if like there's, yeah, they were, they were run heavy last year and boring to me. Um, <laughs> you love the run. Not, no, they do that speed run shit. I don't like that. I like, I, I, like, picky. I like, I was run attack. All right. <laughs> Bullshit. You like San Diego States and they have athletic backs all the time. Yeah, but they still run power. <laughs> you know with, what I mean? With, with Judkins and Evans running the ball for Ole Miss last year, that was fucking dynamite. And Judkins is back. One of the best running backs in the country. True. If it not is, the best. But there's something it is boring. It's a finesse ass uh, running, running system. Yeah. Yeah. Boring. You say that until Judkins runs over your ass. And then how finesse is that? I'm just saying, <laughs> look, I don't, you can go back to Wesley Walls in the 80s at Ole Miss. I've always found their football team and their program boring. So call it what it is. I find <laughs> that game boring. Give me South Carolina, Tennessee. I think there's more hatred in this game. Well, shit. Tennessee was a playoff team until they uh, played South Carolina. That's their second lot in about it. It should be pretty lit. Yeah, yeah. So Nancy Nick can hate all all he wants, and the other game's in a dome, Nick. So I can't play that game. Uh, so Spencer NCAA- Rattler. What, what about Patty? Spencer see, Rattler? did you have one more point you want to make? No, I would just think Spencer Rattler is another big name in there that, uh, you know, we didn't mention, but also makes the game compelling. Well, NC, Nick, all right, guys, clock. what are you doing? Thank you. Your boys, USC at Colorado <laughs> might be a blowout, but we got USC, which is one of the more fascinating teams to watch last year. They're going to be the same thing this year at 
bolder coach prime. I'm telling you every Colorado game this year, you can play in the top five or the top 10. And uh, this one, especially because this one has a Hollywood versus prime. What, what, not, what do you know? This is awesome. Come on. Yeah. My only problem is, is that the PAC 12, once again, did you see USC a favor going out the door? They should have played this in October and November. Um, but you're right. It is interesting. And I also find it interesting because Colorado might even be able to man up against USC's wideouts. Uh, with the, with the amount of that, that's the thing. Yeah, is like we haven't had a true game changing like must see TV defensive back since Patrick Peterson in college football. I guess maybe Tyron Matthew, but like it's still in terms of a dude that like projected to be like one of the greatest defensive backs of all time. It's been since Patrick Peterson, and uh, you got him. Uh, potentially uh, the guy who uh, now I'm drawing a blank on uh, the uh, Colorado uh, hotshot defensive back. Travis um, Hunter, Cormani McLean, which one? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. They got a couple of them, but uh, going up Travis against Hunter, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Boom. Yeah. What's that going up against one of the best quarterbacks in the country? Yeah. Caleb Williams. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's fascinating. 1990s football right there. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. <laughs> Buff's going to pull that one off, man. They're going to get it done. Let's go. Uh, Patty C, uh, what do you make of USC at Colorado? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if the game was in Los Angeles, it would be a snooze. But maybe, I mean, the crowd is obviously going to be lit here. Uh, hopefully, it's a night game. And, uh, you know, Colorado is, is pretty good. And then it, there could be some fireworks here. At the very least, like three quarters of good football. But, Maybe Colorado's got something up their sleeve. We'll see. This has this has a prime time written all over it. I don't want this to be a ten thirty kickoff. Yeah. yeah. East Coast yeah. East Coast will even wants to see this. Okay. Yeah. The uh, college game day should be. In. They should, but will they? Patty, see you are on the clock. Hmm. Look, this is a, a personal play that I'm going to draw criticism for, but it's simply two brands I enjoy. I've mentioned it in previous weeks. It's something that I enjoy. We're going to the Deep South's oldest rivalry, and we are going Georgia at Auburn. Yes, Georgia has won six in a row. I don't give a flying fuck um, because this game is great. And uh, Auburn, who knows? Maybe with, like we said, Peyton Thorne, better quarterback play, maybe they find a way to compete. Look, it's a great rivalry, but, I mean, at least this year. Last year was in Athens, so you knew it was going to be disgusting. This year, War Eagle, baby. And you add strip club freeze to the mix. I might be on that's, board. And that's why I think this game is better than South Carolina at Tennessee. It's the defending champion two years in a row against Auburn and, and Auburn say what you want about them. They've been, they've been able to beat top teams at home, including Alabama. Yeah. So if, right now, if, if this game was in Athens, drop it 15 spots. See, but the yeah. fact that it's in Auburn, it, it deserves to be top five, top 10. All right. You can talk me into maybe I have Georgia Auburn ahead of South Carolina, Tennessee, but my, my angle is I think Tennessee hosts Georgia in November. Tennessee's got to get through the sec East with no hiccups. And that game was a game that I thought was pretty awesome last year, but yeah, I think I mean, right. South I think Carolina did that to Georgia too, a couple years ago. They are very capable of upsetting teams that are, supposedly far better than they are. But I think Georgia Auburn, the history there and then strip club freeze. I do think it's better than South Carolina, Tennessee. So I, Dude, I just see those two uniforms on the screen and I just, it's that's college football to me. 
that's one of the things that is college football, Georgia Auburn. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. Great play. You ready? Uh I'm ready for NC Nick to shit on this one. All right. I'm not taking you to the three other SEC games that are actually uh actually two there's two other SEC games that are pretty decent. But I'm taking you to Norman, Oklahoma, because Matt Campbell fucks with Oklahoma. And you're telling me uh, they had a tough year last year, right? And they actually lost by 14 points in this game. But it was a lot closer than that final score. But they have played... Oklahoma pretty damn well of late. Now I know the all time record is disgusting. I feel like Oklahoma's won a hundred to five or something. <laughs> right? That but, matters not right now. Oh, I mean, dudes, and how about Iowa State getting the first round draft pick, their first first round draft pick since the seventies? Um Matt Campbell's building this thing. Go back to two thousand sixteen, right? Every game has been pretty damn close. I know last year's 27-13 was the biggest outcome, but, I mean, go look at these ones in Norman. Oklahoma won by seven and 21 with Lincoln Riley. Uh, The one prior to that, they won by one because Matt Campbell went for two. The one before that, Iowa State won by seven. So since Matt Campbell's been there, that's all the times he's been to to Norman. They're coming in, and they're going to give the Sooners a fucking game. I love this matchup, and I want to see it. I want to watch it every year. Give me Iowa State at Oklahoma. NC Nick, start the hate. No, I'm not going to hate on too much. I think it's well played here. The question is, is this the best Big 12 matchup of the weekend? Mm. Because, you know, there's a, a team called Kansas. Your boys that have also played Texas pretty close also. And... I hate Texas more than I hate Oklahoma. So I will be rooting for that upset more so than this upset. Mm. And then there's also another game Friday night between two big 12 newbies, which is pretty interesting. Very they're true. all, they're all in the same, you know, general range for me, but uh, this is a fun game and it does have upset potential. Cause Iowa state has played Oklahoma very tough of late. Uh, Patty C. What do you make of this one? Only a true college football hipster would take a series that is 79 to seven all time. You know? 79 to seven. Damn. But you are correct. It was just four years ago when Iowa state was able to get it done in Ames. Um, and, uh, or, or wait, was that? No. Yeah, that was four years ago. So no, they've, uh, won. Three they, state- they, they've won twice though. Under, under, under Campbell. That's true. They actually yeah. won in Oklahoma. So, oh, so last year's was so this one is in Norman. Well, let me ask you. Sorry, Patty, go ahead. Oh, just actually, I don't know that from a score standpoint, it's made a big difference whether it's been in Norman or Iowa State. Matt Campbell may just not may prepare his team to not be uh, scared of the the big stadium. I think that 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 seems to be the case. You know, he, he's kind of like uh, whatever. He, he doesn't get scared by big moments. Well, let me ask you guys, what upset would you rather see? Iowa State beat Oklahoma or Kansas beat Texas? Oh, that's yeah, tough. Kansas beat Texas. I hate Texas yeah. more than Oklahoma, yes. but I, yes. I actually, I think Iowa State, Oklahoma has given us more classics in the past decade. It's been more fun, yeah. but 
actually Kansas beating uh, Texas on that what two point conversion? <laughs> that was fun. And 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 fun. the year with uh, Charlie Strong, they've beaten Texas twice <laughs> in the past decade. Plus, Kansas being the absolute doormat of the Big Twelve football wise, and Texas supposing supposedly being the flag bearer, and then you know anytime you can see that upset, beautiful. Well, you know why it's great too is we got the Red River Shootout on deck, and you get Iowa State and Kansas with with potential fuck you moments before before that <laughs> game. So you gotta love that. Uh, Absolutely. All right, hang on one second, folks. <laughs> 